Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Danielle. And you're still listening to the Spooky Hour, you guys. It's still us. Batman smells. (laughs) I wanted to go not Halloween because it's not Halloween anymore. So my brain just went Christmas. I was like, that's so weird for you. Because I was literally thinking in my head, I'm like, the the Halloween theme song. And I'm like, I'm waiting for it because I'm going to chime in. And then you started (laughs) sitting Christmas and it threw me right the fuck off. (laughs) I was whistling, uh, uh, what one was it? Winter Wonderland the other day while I was cooking. And I caught myself halfway through and I was like, (gasps) are you okay? No. Do I need to call somebody? A priest? No, not a priest. Um, we, th- those never work when you call a priest. No, just call someone. I don't call my mom. Call my mom. <laughs> call my mom. Okay, I will. <laughs> you need to help your uh, daughter. She's got. She's lost her mind. <laughs> hi, friends. Hello. <laughs> Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I'm sorry it's the start of the week, but we're here to help you guys. It's the end of our week, and we're uh, as you can tell. I don't know if Danielle's going to keep that in, but the way we started this episode. uh pretty much sums up our week yeah it does we have lost our minds we have lost our minds and america i think you guys are losing your minds i hope by this point on monday we have the election results because i am like i started out being stressed but now i'm just like annoyed yeah (laughs) i'm I'm impatient i'm over it and it's it's funny because i was talking to some people at work about it i feel like your guys election especially this one this year is more stressful than ours like i don't even give a shit about ours right now like, I don't know paying attention. Me. Yeah, I never pay attention. They tell me when to vote, and I'm like, oh, shit, it's time. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I am baffled at is, is obviously their whole voting system is kind of broken, but the fact that, like, there's lineups that are, like, six, eight hours long yeah. to vote. Like, here, here in Canada land, I don't know if this is across the country, but in Ontario, at least, we open up public schools, we open up community centers uh libraries like you vote everywhere it's not like there's one polling station there's like eight in each district like the longest i've waited is like 20 minutes yeah and you get sent to a certain one depending on where you live like there was like three around my house but because the school across the street from me was closest i went there and that was yeah usually i just walk right in there's no lineup like it's baffling to me that they don't open up public places so i i don't know i hope that some change comes because no offense your system's a mess guys we're not perfect sort of no understand how the world works but yeah it blows my mind and i know you guys probably don't want to hear it because we're canadian and our opinions really don't mean jack shit to you guys Mm -hmm. but like it just baffles me that everyone's just like well the votes weren't counted by like this certain time so they don't count and i'm like obviously people did mail-in ballots uh because one covid uh two because they were told to and three their vote is still legal so yeah i think um i could be incorrect but i think that so mail-in ballots could be received as late as three days after the polls close to allow for like mailing times and stuff like that yeah and people are counting them like people are counting them they're not robots so there's nothing illegal happening no it's okay (laughs) i would like to think that by now everybody listening to our podcast is very anti-trump and agrees with us and if you're not i'm sorry Sorry. (laughs) but there's nothing illegal going on and it's it's a shit show like it's it's concerning but also comedic for us to watch yeah like we feel for you guys but also it's just so outrageous that you just have to laugh it's more manic laughter than like enjoyable laughter (laughs) yeah i'm really stressed out for you guys yeah we hope it goes well i've been paying attention at least um we'll see (laughs) hoping for the best yeah uh and with that (laughs) oh i got some fun news you guys you guys won't care but i'm gonna tell you anyways danielle's really excited about it just let her have it (laughs) i'm really excited so there's a donut store close to our houses in our area and it's called crave donuts and they make the best fucking donuts you have ever tasted in your entire life fight me tim hortons sucks um (laughs) just fight me on it i don't care where is the lie yeah um and I got them over the weekend and I posted a story about it and they reposted my story on Instagram. And I was like, oh my God, I love you guys. And then they followed me on Instagram and that's the highlight of my fucking life. And that's She's all I got. so cute. I got screenshots. She was typing in all caps. She's like, oh my God, they followed me. I'm not gonna lie, I'm jealous. <laughs> um, 
But they really are. If you are from Ontario land like us, check out Crave Donuts. This is not sponsored in any way. We're nope. just fat. I just love them. <laughs> I love them so much. They're, They're so, so good. good. And they have we vegan donuts. We should tag donuts. them so that... Yes, they have vegan donuts. Yeah. I I don't know if they have gluten-free. I think I might be overstepping. But they do have vegan. And actually, weirdly enough, so I'm not vegan, nor am I vegetarian, but their vegan donuts are actually some of my favorite. They're so good. Oh, the dough so is good. slightly different. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but it's so good. So yeah, check them out. This is in no way sponsored. We just really like them and hashtag support local and all that stuff. Maybe we'll tag them in a post this week so that everyone can see. Yeah. And just go buy their donuts. They're really good. And that's that's... That's my That's excitement it, man. for the week. It's good news Monday. Starting our starting our week on a positive. Fucking donuts, man. Yeah. Um, with that, donuts. murder. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go in some murder, guys. We're bringing it down for you. Um. So yeah, as as we all know, the criminal system is very very flawed, both in the U.S. and Canada land. Um. I don't know why I keep calling it that, but I'm sticking to it. Canada land. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so I chose this case because I feel like it uh, it highlights several glaring errors in both the youth justice system and the criminal justice system. Um, so these murders that I'm going to talk about, I feel as though they could have been prevented way, way, way early on if proper measures were taken and they were not taken. So today I'm going to talk about the crimes of Wesley Allen Dodd. Um, huge, huge trigger warning here. Uh, there's a lot of talk about sexual assault involving children. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. Okay. I'm going to leave now. Bye. (laughs) There goes Danielle. (laughs) Um, so this case, uh, I think is, is a little bit popular. So some popular, I hate saying that you guys know my terminology sucks. Uh, well known. Um, so some people may know it, but for those who don't, it's, it's really fucked up and I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't, Um, I don't think I know it. (laughs) So let's get into it then. Um, Wesley Allen Dodd was born in Washington State on July 3rd, 1961. Um, I'm going to say I mentioned Vancouver a lot in here or a couple times at least. I mean Vancouver, Washington. I realized like halfway through I didn't specify. So Vancouver, Washington, not Canada land. I was like, oh, (laughs) BC. And I'm like, all right. I will see when I first saw it, I was like, ooh, a Canadian case. And then I was like, oh, I'm just stupid. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So he uh, he grew up in what was described as a, quote, loveless home and was often neglected by his parents who favored his two younger brothers. You say, oh, now, just wait. Um, But that's really sad. it It is sad. Don't get me wrong. But you feel less and less bad for him as uh, as I get going. Okay. Um, there were no signs of abuse in the home, with Wesley himself confirming that while his parents were never abusive towards him or his siblings, they were also not the most loving. Wesley has said that he had never heard the words, I love you, while growing up. So no signs of abuse, but obviously not a warm, loving household. I was going to um, say, but like it could extend to like emotional abuse as well. It could. It could. And that's a... It's a sort of gray area where it's like, I think it falls under neglect, emotional yeah. neglect more than anything. Okay. Uh, but it, it just sounded like a very cold and unhappy home. Oh, God. Um, when Wesley was 13, he began flashing his neighbors in an attempt to get attention from his parents. Uh, while these crimes seemed kind of petty in nature it was a huge red flag that was ultimately ignored by those closest to him uh around this time wesley's parents had started the proceedings for a divorce which is like you know potion ingredient number two for a serial killer um so they were too into their own drama to really look into what was happening with wesley uh so he started by exposing himself to children from his window as they passed by his house uh realizing that this was a good way to get caught he progressed he progressed to riding his bike around the neighborhood and exposing himself whenever the opportunity came up um eventually a young boy reported the incident to his mother who ended up calling the police because the boy did not see a face wesley got off fairly easily but this run-in with the law taught him that he had to be more creative with a search for attention so i don't there weren't really any details about how this first run-in with police went down because it sounded like they talked to him yeah but the kid the kid couldn't confirm it was him oh so weird um so so it was like a slap on the wrist and like don't do it again yeah, if like it was it couldn't, you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it was weird. Um, so after this, uh, Wesley began molesting children. Oh, great. Uh, he, he, of course. Uh, he started with those closest to him, his siblings, his cousins, and the child of a woman that his father had started dating after the divorce. Um, from there, he started seeking part-time work that would put him in 
put him in charge of children. He would babysit for his neighbors. And while school was out in the summer, he worked as a camp counselor. Uh, he would also abuse the children in his care during his working hours. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, he's not great. Um, some victim reports say that he was very smart and learned the perfect balance between being the responsible adult figure and a likable child. Um, he was a teenager at this time and he used this to his advantage. So he would lure them into playing games in order to assault them. But because of his position of authority, they complied with little complaints. Um, if any victims were hesitant, he would tell them that he would give them a quote, grown up treat if they complied. Um, he had his technique down packed, but that didn't stop him from getting caught on several occasions because oh he was only, f- yeah, he was caught because- and they're just like, what? Wow. Oh, you're not ready. Danielle's going to be yelling by the end of the episode. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was only 15 or so at the time, uh, he got a little more than a slap on a wrist, which is baffling to me. Um, Obviously, he had to move on from these jobs, and uh, Wesley quickly learned that he could approach children in parks instead of at work and ask them to follow him into a secluded area so he could abuse them. Uh, This method worked fairly well for him up until 1981, when the now 20-year-old was caught trying to lure two little girls away from a park. This kidnapping attempt was reported to the police, but Wesley escaped the charges by joining the navy oh my god someone else did this too i covered someone else who had like a sexual assault allegation and they were just like fuck it the navy um which i why would you take someone that has like an open case against them i don't get it um so yeah he he fled to the navy um he had also hoped that the strict guidelines around joining the navy would help squash his sick fantasies but obviously that didn't work because I'm, i'm talking about him today um so he kind of had this weird sense all along that what he was doing was wrong but he just kind of couldn't stop himself we're gonna get a little bit more into that later um he ended up beginning to assault the children who lived on the naval base shortly after he joined on june 6th 1982 he was discharged from the navy on quote disciplinary grounds for asking a nine-year-old boy on the base to undress for him oh my no God. charges <laughs> no charges were laid why was there a nine-year-old kid there uh it's like the like the uh towns that they oh, live in like okay you know what i mean um i'm terrible with terminology but they all live there and they're all in the army (laughs) okay once he left the navy his perverted crimes continued he was caught on more than one occasion attempting to lure children into his trap uh he had allegedly offered a group of of boys 50 dollars to come to a nearby motel to play strip poker with him for which he was arrested but the charges were later dropped um, on December 29th, 1982, Wesley was caught again abusing a child he had lured away from a playground. This time, however, he was actually sent to jail for a how whole many 30 times? days. I was like, how many times did it take? And you only got 30 days? 30 wow. days. Uh, he was released in order to attend counseling as part of his terms of release. With the court's permission, Wesley went to live with his father in Lewiston, Idaho, where he signed up for an outpatient program where his counselors claimed he was making great progress. Jokes on them, he was actually just a great actor. Um, not much later, he was arrested again for attempted molestation and served 19 days in jail and was again ordered to seek counseling. What the fuck? <laughs> Ah! In June of 1984, he was arrested yet again for molesting a nine-year-old boy. The courts finally clued in that his therapy and repeated wrist slapping were not working, so they sentenced him to a whole 10 years in prison for lewd conduct with a minor. But he served less than four months before his sentence was commuted to one year in county jail. To make matters worse, the one-year sentence was suspended on the condition that he attended, you guessed it, more court-ordered therapy oh my god you're not gonna (laughs) fix him you guys like just here's my whole thing i am such a fan of therapy and rehabilitation but this is a repeat 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 offender yeah no it didn't work some people cannot be rehabilitated i think (laughs) like i think he's evidence of this yeah By 1986, uh, Wesley had returned to his home in Vancouver, Washington. Oh, I did say Washington. Look at me go. Um, (laughs) In the the worst state he could possibly be in, he had lost any self-control he thought he had and began, quote, hunting children full time. That was a word that he used in a diary that I'm going to talk about a little bit. Oh, God. Um, He had a few more run-ins with the law and a few more slaps on the wrist in therapy. Uh, He complied with all of his court orders, but his depravity never got any better. Sometime in 1987, he began keeping this diary that I told you about already. 
<laughs> he used this diary to plan more molestations and progress to discussing rape and murder. He often drew sketches of a torture rack that he had planned to build. Um, he did actually eventually build this, but never ended up using it. World's smallest violin. Um, he also had several ramb- ramblings that mentioned that he was collecting these victims as sacrifices for the devil. Uh, so obviously something was not right with him. There are excerpts from his diary available online, but because they're quite graphic and involve young children, I'm not going to read any. I'm going to drop a couple of quotes from it, but nothing graphic because it's quite gross how he talks about the children. Um, His desires escalated, and in 1987, he decided to act on his murderous impulses. He had attempted to kidnap an eight-year-old boy with plans of murdering him and conducting experiments on the body for Satan, which makes sense. Uh, These plans were all detailed in that diary that I had mentioned. The boy managed to escape and he ran back to his mother who called the police. Wesley was arrested again and actually served 118 days in jail, followed by a year of probation. So a bigger slap on the wrist, but a slap on the wrist nonetheless, I think. Um, after his short sit in jail, his diary entries became colder and more frantic. He began referring to his potential victims as it and would write things like, quote, if I can get it home, I'll have more time for various types of rape rather than just one quickie before murder. He wrote about This guy plans- sounds fucking disgusting. Yeah. Like literal yeah. scum of the earth. I, j- I hate that he used the word quickie. Like, are you like that? That one fucked me up a little bit. Sorry. I don't like that. I don't like him. (laughs) He's gross. He looks gross, too. I'll show you later. Um, He wrote about plans for Labor Day weekend in 1989, where he would hide at David Douglas Park to stand or sorry, to stalk out his next it. Uh, He had spent a whole night hiding in the bushes, but his plans were thwarted by the bustle in the park. There was a ton of people there. There was hikers and parents, um, and they were all keeping a rather close eye on their children in the wilderness. So he ended up leaving that night, feeling more frustrated than ever, and decided he would return the next morning. On September 4th, 1989, Wesley once again hid in some bushes at David Douglas Park, where he set his sights on 11-year-old Cole Near and his 10-year-old brother, William. He knew he couldn't sneak two boys out of the park, so he called them over and led them deeper into the woods, um, like off of the regular hiking path. So once in the woods, he tied the boys up with shoelaces before assaulting them and stabbing them to death. Wesley fled the scene quickly after the murders, which was lucky for him as the poor boys were discovered only 15 minutes later by a pair of hikers who had gone off the main path. Oh my god. Um, What are the chances? From what I read, one of the boys was found first and he was found still alive, but he like passed away in hospital and that's how the parents found out. So the parents were looking for their children and the hospital called and they were like, hey, we have your kid. He's no longer living and they were like well what about the other one and the hospital was like wait there's another one um, oh my god so i i don't know i read conflicting articles so just it just putting that out there um over the next few weeks vancouver area police were on a manhunt searching for the monster who murdered these two young boys meanwhile the monster was watching them and collecting news clippings for his diary He filled the pages with news articles and pictures from the search while planning his next strike. Finally, his urge to kill peaked once again, and he hit the road looking for his next victim. On October 29, 1989, he drove across the bridge into Portland, Oregon, where he found four-year-old Lee Isley alone in a park. Four-year-old. A four-year-old. Why is a four-year-old alone in a park? See, that that was insane to me. I will say it was a different time. Like, I still think four is a little bit young, but... It's a little bit well obviously not the safest because we know where this is going yeah um so he kidnapped the boy dragging him into his car it's alleged that wesley told lee that his father had sent him to pick him up which calmed the boy down and convinced him to get into the car without an argument um Wesley drove back to his apartment where he would assault and torture the boy for hours. He took a break to bring Lee into McDonald's and Kmart where he bought him a toy for some sick, twisted reason. Um, After his break, the torture resumed until Wesley strangled the young boy to death. Uh, Again, graphic warning here. Because that simply wasn't enough, he fastened a noose in his closet where he hung the boy while he went off to work for the day. What the fuck? What the fuck? Are you here to ruin my life? I am. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't know why I always end up doing these, like, gross ones. But, like, I I wanted to highlight more so the flaws in the justice system here. 
Because there's a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah, and he is a prime example. Like, he had so many run-ins with the law, and this still happened. It's disgusting. (laughs) It's disgusting. Um, When he got home, he drove Lee's body to uh, Vancouver Lake area, and he dumped him there. He was discovered by hunters a few days later on November 1st. Uh, This entire ordeal was documented in Wesley's diary and included pictures of the incident. Um, I didn't even bother to look at those pictures were online. Uh, That is your prerogative entirely. I hope you don't go look. Um, uh, Once again, a manhunt was underway in hopes of finding the monster behind yet another murder of a young boy. Uh, Wesley reveled in it, adding to his diary and expressing that his urge to kill only grew after his last victim. By November 11th, he was on the hunt once again. He tried to abduct a young boy from a movie theater, but the child fought back and escaped. That night, he went home and wrote a prayer of sorts in his diary, asking Satan for help in finding his next victim. What the fuck? Two days later, he drove to Camus, Washington, I think, where he attempted to abduct a young boy from a theater there. He managed to get the boy out of the theater, but the child was screaming and causing a scene, which made people gather around to stare. He ended up leaving the child and ran to his car to flee the scene, but the world works in such mysterious ways. His car broke down less than two blocks away from the theater, and the young boy's stepfather had already run after him, so he caught up to the broken down vehicle where he held Wesley under citizen's arrest until police arrived moments later. Yes. I To me, that was just like ultimate karma. I don't yeah. know how, like how that happened, but that put this to an end. Yeah. Um, and thank fuck that dad didn't give up and just kept absolutely. running. Absolutely absolutely i uh, i read a quote from him where he says something about like young boys are the most precious gift in the world and all this stuff I was like fucking good for that guy like yeah at first wesley denied any involvement in the murders of cole william and lee but uh he broke fairly early on into the questioning period and admitted to everything the murders the assaults and the early days of flashing his neighbors um as investigators searched his apartment they found ropes and belt exacto knives and ropes tied around the the bed's headboard and footboard as though he was planning on tying someone to the bed um this is gross they found parenting books and a copy of the new testament with the words satan lives scrawled inside which i hate making a joke here but i feel like that's something you would do in a hotel room (laughs) (laughs) you know how the bible's in the drawer (laughs) yeah um so they also found uh his homemade torture rack but it they alleged that it had not been used yet so he did end up building this this torture device that he drew about um but the most incriminating discovery was a briefcase that was found hidden under the bed the first thing investigators noticed when they opened the briefcase was lee's ghostbuster underwear Uh, wesley had kept them as a trophy from the murder which is very sad um they found his all of his diaries which detailed his assault and plans for future future murders uh there were news articles pertaining to both murder cases which were organized by date with handwritten notes attached he had divided the articles into separate envelopes titled incident one incident two and incident three uh a photo album was found with the words family memories on the cover what which include this is fucked up it included images of jesus christ as a baby and advertising in Im- images from magazines and newspapers of children in underwear. Um, there were Polaroids of Wesley himself naked, along with photos of him assaulting uh, some of his victims and the pictures that he had taken of Lee after Lee had passed away. Um, it was painstakingly obvious that the police had finally found the monster that they were looking for. Um, and then Wesley they realized was... that this guy was arrested a million times. And they're like, wow, we fucked up. I sure hope they thought that. They should have thought hope. that. It, it, I believe it was the same police department that ended up putting him away that, like, would have spoken to him when he was a child also. I would have sued he was... the fucking police department. Absolutely. If those were my Are kids. you kidding me? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it, it's such a fail on their part. Yeah. Um, Wesley was charged with first-degree murder in the deaths of William and Cole Near and Lee Azalea, as well as an attempted kidnapping charge in regards to his final failed abduction. I'm glad that they slapped that one on, too. Yeah. Um. Initially, he pled not guilty, but in January 1990, he changed his plea to guilty on all counts. Later that year, he confessed to the court and admitted that his crimes, including the murders, were all premeditated. Um, prosecutors asked for the death penalty, and on Saturday, July 15th, 1990, the jury agreed that Wesley should be put to death. 
Um, I second that statement because I do too. Mm. I'm not a huge fan of the death penalty, but no, I mean, I. there's special people in this world that deserve it. And he is um, one of them. He is absolutely one of them. Uh, in a statement to the court, Wesley seemingly agreed that the system is incredibly broken when it comes to sex offenders. He said, quote, I didn't offer any mitigating evidence during the pe- penalty phase because in my mind, that's just an excuse and I don't want to make any excuses. I do not blame the criminal justice system for anything, but the system does not work and I can tell them why. Um, he didn't go on to tell them why, but he said he should be put to death as soon as possible so that his victim's family could feel some peace. He seemed to have this weird like clarity after being arrested where he just realized how fucked up he was and he actually waived his right to appeal his death sentence so you um when you get issued a death sentence you have a a right to appeal it okay and he said no just kill me um so this is what's called a volunteer death sentence and wesley dodd is one of only 150 volunteer death sentence cases in the u.s and that was updated uh i think it was june or july 2020 so up until this point, there's only been 150 people that are like, eh, fuck it, kill me. Do you think he just did it because he didn't want to be in jail? Uh, it's hard to answer. I'm going to tell you, he, I'm going to keep going and then I'm going to, we're going to talk about that. Because I don't, I don't, I don't see him as a genuine human being. So I think he's just a fucking. No, I don't either. And we, let me, let me continue. And we'll talk about it after. It's an excellent question. Okay. Um, in his letter asking the court to waive his appeal, he wrote, quote, I must be executed before I have an opportunity to escape or kill someone within the prison. If I do escape, I promise I will kill and rape and enjoy every minute of it. Uh, he did, however, get to choose the manner of his execu- execution. Uh, he chose hanging and I quote, quote, because that's the way Lee Azalee died. Um but yeah, there was a, a lot of turmoil surrounding his sentencing. For the most part, the public agreed that he absolutely should be put to get death. But the ACLU fought to have his sentencing changed, arguing that death, especially hanging, was a cruel and unusual punishment, uh, even though Wesley himself asked for the death penalty. Um, so there were protesters from both sides of the argument that met outside the prison to share their views, uh, but the courts did up- uphold their sentencing and he was put to death. Uh, while waiting for his upcoming date at the gallows, Wesley began uh, working the press circuit in a weird attempt at cleansing his soul before meeting his fate. He wrote a pamphlet on how to avoid child molesters entitled When You Meet a Stranger. Uh, that he had tried to market around communities, but no one really wanted advice from a sadistic child killer, so that well, obviously fucking, fucking flopped. Not. What the fuck? Um, so this this next little bit here, I took directly from a Murderpedia article because I, I like how they worded it, and I, I, I couldn't do it the same way they did it. So here, thank you, Murderpedia. Quote. Both the pornographic diary, numerous letters, and the cautionary pamphlet express Dodd's need to talk and talk and talk about his sick fetish. Dodd enticed the media, and the media trustingly took him by the hand as a, quote, expert. He marked himself as a monster. Look at me. Watch out for my kind. There are others out there like me. He appeared on TV shows, including Sally Jesse Raphael and a CNN specials. Uh, called radio programs from his cell block and gave countless interviews to reporters and to anyone else who wanted to listen to him recount his molestations. In the end, Dodd used children for his own physical gratification by molesting them and then used them for his ego gratification by becoming an expert on the subject of child molestation, end quote. I really like that because that's that's how I feel about him. I don't think he had a change of heart. I don't think he had a... A moment i think that he was just changing his method of abusing these children and also why the fuck are these people being like yeah let's do an interview with him like no uh-uh. because the media is disgusting yeah, like the, the media is disgusting gross. that's fucking gross it's all about views and they knew that you know a bunch of worried mothers would probably t- tune into that and whatnot it's very fucked up that whole situation is fucked up but that's that's kind of how i feel about him i don't think he had like a uh an aha moment where he's like wow i must uh make up for my sins or whatever the fuck i I literally just think he's just gross yeah and he just didn't Um, want to spend the rest of his life in prison so he's like yeah i'll die that's cool whatever yeah i think he wanted as much attention as he could get before he got out basically and with getting the death penalty Um, he's gonna get that fucking attention which is disgusting absolutely absolutely um to further prove this sort of ego feeding theory wesley began turning to religion to help himself feel better about what he had done he gave an interview that i think was supposed to come across as like i've found god and i'm better now but it kind of came across to me like he was making a mockery of the case his statement reads quote i have confessed all my sins i believe what the bible teaches i'll go to heaven i have <laughs> doubts yeah <laughs> right <laughs> get the 
fuck out of here. <laughs> I want like a sound clip of that. Uh-huh. Just so I can have it as like a reaction to things. Uh-huh. Like I fucking hate. Oh, that makes me so You know how mad. radio stations have the buttons the button. with the sound effects? Yeah. yeah. So every time uh-huh. we say something like that, it'll just be like my voice going, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, it's amazing. Sorry. Um, I'm, you off, my bad. I'm, I'm so better rattled. now. He's going to heaven. Okay, here we are. Uh, he says, I have my doubts, but I'd really like to believe that I would be able to go up to the three little boys and give the give them a hug and tell them how sorry I was and be able to love them with a real true love and have no desire to hurt them in any way. I find this disgusting. I'm not religious, as we know, but if no. there really is a heaven, he sure the fuck is not in it. No. Um. That statement to me was absolutely disgusting. And if anyone bought that, if anyone was like, no, then you're fucking stupid. (laughs) Yeah. You're stupid. This is an angry episode, you guys. We're venting. I'm so mad right now. (laughs) Like, I am so mad. Uh, Wesley Allen Dodd was executed at 12.05 a.m. on June 5th, 1993. Good. He was the first inmate to die. I also love that they did it after midnight. Like, you're going to be tired when you die, sir. Yep. Suffer. Suffer. (laughs) He was the first inmate to die at the gallows since 1965. His final statement was, quote, I was once asked by somebody, I don't remember who, if there was any way sex offenders could be stopped. I said no. I was wrong. I was wrong when I said there was no hope, no peace. There is hope. There is peace. I found both in the Lord, Jesus Christ. Look to the Lord and you will find peace. And while this was a nice sentiment and all, he had never actually apologized or any or shown any real genuine remorse for his crimes. So he had this whole like I've I've cleansed my sins, I'm a good person now, but he never actually said I'm sorry to the families because he's a fucking piece of shit and he doesn't yeah, mean any of it. That's why that's why I think it's more of an ego stroking thing versus a, a actual coming. Like I do believe that some people find religion and are like holy shit, what did I do? I do believe that that happens. I don't think that was him. No um so yeah I, again was, like long and painful and he chose hanging so it was uh i hope they, not easy like you know how like with hanging you can like throw them and their neck will just snap and you'll die i yeah. hope they kind of just like placed him there and just watched him just slowly, slowly. lured him down yeah yeah from from what i uh you're not gonna like this the autopsy report said he died pretty much instantaneously no uh, redo let's um, redo it <laughs> bring him back yeah. <laughs> um but yeah he he deserved the death penalty 100 oh, percent. sure um so again i think this case is a perfect example of the flaws in the youth justice system and the sexual offender system um or lack thereof there's an alarming amount of sex offenders who have just gotten like a slap on the wrist and just don't get away um, with all of it pretty much and it yeah it just doesn't make sense to me um so yeah, he he had been caught so many times and released every single time. Um, I just feel like if they had kept him longer or put him through more intense treatment, uh, not court-ordered counseling, but maybe an actual rehabilitation facility or something, these murders 100% could have been prevented. That is my opinion. These should have never happened. He should have been stopped when he was 13 years old slashing his neighbors. Yep. But here we are talking about him on the spooky hour. I'm so annoyed. I am. I've never heard about this one before, and I'm pissed. I had heard the name, and I knew the the nature of his crimes, but I didn't quite know how disgusting, like how how in depth his disgustingness goes. And it's pretty. It's 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 pretty disgusting. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Happy Monday, you guys. But I mean, justice was somewhat served in this case. I don't like the whole media toting thing, but at least he's no longer with us. Yeah. Thank God he's dead. Uh, cheers to that i'm like i'm actually like speechless i have no words other than that fuck that guy he's a dirt i'm sorry (laughs) i know you don't like these cases (laughs) scum of the earth and i hope he's stuck in purgatory getting like nails under his own fingernails and like his skin is slowly like being peeled off every (laughs) single day and i love how graphic you're getting i hate him i don't like him go he can go fuck himself i'm annoyed let's go let's talk spooky because i'm annoyed let's let's get spooky danielle needs to cheer up (laughs) (laughs) that was brutal and dark and i'm gonna have nightmares sorry guys i tried to like not talk too much about the like pervertedness i wanted to focus more on the like justice system there but unfortunately like you have to talk about the crimes a little bit you have to so i hope i did it well i'm always very worried about doing children cases i do them like alarmingly often but i always try to be careful about them (laughs) you did well 
Well, I mean, thanks. It's hard to talk about, so you did well. It is. It is. I tried. I tried not to crack too many jokes. I had to throw that one in there that I, I can't remember what it was at this point, but I have to throw one in. Oh, you writing mm-hmm. Satan on the Bible? Yeah, yeah. that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna just jump into spooky stuff now because I'm stressed out. We're traumatized. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna talk about three haunted roads today. I thought it was called Three Haunted Road. No. And then I thought about it. And then it, it clicked. <laughs> it just took a bit, a couple of like wheels turning in your head. And then you're like, oh, I got it. Um, three different ones. Yeah. So I'll start with a, a little tame one since, I mean, all these roads are in the States. Um, so for our listeners in the States, we'll start with some tame ones because we know how crazy you guys are over there right now. So we need to relax after that last, uh, that last case. So let's start easy. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm going to talk, the first one we're going to talk about is Annie's Road. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So this urban legend um, states that in 1960, a lady named Annie and her boyfriend were driving along Riverview Drive in New Jersey after their prom. Uh, d- during this drive, Annie and her boyfriend got into a pretty like heated argument, and it led to her boyfriend stopping the car, kicking Annie out of the car, and taking off. So he just left her on the side of the fucking road oh. like a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, so Annie started to walk along the road, try, like, trying to get somewhere to find help, a ride, whatever, because she's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, and that's when she was hit by a large pickup truck. Um, oh. Yeah. So this killed her instantly. However, before the truck realized that they hit somebody, Annie's dress had got tangled into the tires and she was dragged down the street. Oh, shearing, Yeah, shearing her whole face off. Oh, my God. Yeah, so apparently... You shit talk me, Danielle. I know, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when the person who was driving the truck realized that they hit somebody, they ended up, like, just, like, pulling her body to the side of the road and just left her there, and they just drove off. So she was apparently (gasps) left there. Yeah. Um, So to this day, people have seen a woman in white aimlessly walking down River Wow. Riverview Drive. People believe that this is Annie. Some say the apparition of her is just so visible that she looks like a real, like, alive person, but she has no face. And then when they get close to her, she just disappears. Like, she just vanishes. People driving along this road also have reported hearing blood-curdling screams and their phone or camera will just shut off while driving down this road like you don't have any service. So if your car breaks down, you're fucked. And also, creepy fog is supposed to just randomly show up as well. Like, even during the day. It'll just, like, show up. So I, I kind of love that, though. I love a good foggy drive. Right? So that one's a little bit more tame. I mean, she doesn't have a face, but... So that's Annie's that's, road. Yeah. That's one of the... I mean, she doesn't have a face, but... <laughs> like... And she... Her face got ruined in a pretty brutal way, but... Sounds like a... Oh, this is dark. I was gonna say that sounds like a good Halloween costume. Why am I like this? You're gonna be Annie's road next year for Halloween. <sighs> <laughs> well, I was thinking just her. Oh, that too. And people are like, who's Annie? There's something wrong with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the next... So these are all urban legends, just so everyone knows. There's no evidence that this Annie person existed, but it's supposed to be fucking haunted, and that's just the story about it. I believe it. Yeah. Um, The next road is called Mystery Mile. So the road is actually called Kelly Road, and it's located in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. It's... That's confusing. I know. Ohioville, Pennsylvania. That also very much confused me. Um, it's nicknamed Mystery Mile because people aren't sure why things happen on this road. Like, they don't really know why this paranormal shit is happening. So, the road is surrounded by very dense forest and apparently comes alive at night. People have reported oh. hearing really strange noises in the forest at night, including, like, your average howling, but also, like, blood-curdling screams. Um, mm. Yeah, normal. Um, so your normal everyday spooky forest. So now apparently who drive people who drive down this road just get into like a sudden rage. So this road and the forest surrounding it is filled with very angry evil energy. Even animals in the forest or even like pets on your drive will just suddenly become like very vicious and attack whatever is in their path. Ooh. And that includes people. So people will just go into sudden rages while driving and like either yell at people that are in their car or like attack people in their car or sometimes they'll like crash their car or hit something they see on the road wow because that's how like angry they are when they drive through this road or sometimes people feel that they don't do anything about it but that's how they feel so now people have said that this land is actually cursed by the indigenous people i don't know why it's always that's always like a theory when they don't know what i the feel fuck's like anything happening. 
when it's like uh so you're you're alluding to it being like a haunted forest so i'm i feel like anytime there's something like nature-based that's creepy like be it animals or trees or something everyone's like it's got to be the natives yeah obviously gotta be yeah (laughs) because they're so into nature i guess i don't know it's 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 a little bit it's a stretch and i think it's i kind of think it's ridiculous it's like (laughs) it's like we took this land from these people they must be so mad so they cursed us and that's why this we have this evil energy like number one i would too and number two stop blaming (laughs) (laughs) i would where's my button (laughs) and two stop blaming the people you literally murdered and stole from like maybe y'all are the fucking problem and not the cursed land that's it's apparently called karma bitch yeah so <laughs> stop using that as a fucking excuse on why a road is haunted it's just annoying um anywho so that's mystery mile <laughs> <laughs> that's all i got i was just annoyed i love that this is just a full episode of me screaming you guys it's fine we're just venting i told you it's an angry episode it is <laughs> Um, so the last road that I'm going to talk about today, um, the first two roads were a little bit short, but this one we get into a little bit more detail and it's really fucking creepy. This one's called Clinton Road. So this road is located in West Milford, New Jersey. This road is said to be the scariest road in America and the most haunted road in America. This road is about 10 miles long, so long enough for a lot of spooky shit to happen. Now there is legends about this road that range from kid ghosts to satanic worshippers to terrifying creatures mm. red eyes just staring at you through the forest and obviously ufos i mean it's of course a whole load of shit so it's great and you i'm a, a grab bag of everything going yeah, on there i need to visit this road because it sounds amazing sounds like a party yeah <laughs> i want to see ufos um so the first one i'm gonna talk about is the ghost boy so now there is apparently a ghost boy that haunts um, part of the road. There are a few bridges on this road, and apparently he's seen on one of them. Although, uh, wow, although it's not determined exactly which one it is, it's said that if you throw a coin off the bridge, this ghost boy will like return it to you. Oh, yeah. There is also another legend with this this child. It's if you stand on the bridge and like a coin will just like drop near you, like below you, like you don't drop it, it just shows up. And if you go to pick it up, the ghost boy will push you into the lake below. He apparently... <laughs> what a little asshole. <laughs> yeah. He, but apparently, he's apparently a sweet kid because he does this to save you from getting hit by a car. As that's the rumor of how he passed away. Oh. He, oh. Yeah. Okay. I take it back. Yeah. So people <laughs> have also reported seeing this boy's reflection in the water under the bridge. So if you look down, he's like just staring at you. Just, and like if you, yeah and there's people that go there now and if you like look over the bridge you just see it coins all in the water because people are trying to contact this ghost boy. trying to lure him yeah um so there is also a ghost truck there is a, also reports of this like ghost truck seen on the road it chases people um in their cars down the road or like tailgate you it flashes its lights at you and then it just disappears um i just feel like that's any normal truck owner that i've ever encountered so <laughs> where is the lie i I live in a very small town where 99 percent of lots of big trucks own trucks and all they do is tailgate me and high beam me and i just hit my brakes and hope they hit me because fuck you there's one truck i always see when i it doesn't matter if i'm going to your house or from your house i see it every time i go and it's this giant like lime green truck oh yeah like racing stripes down the back and he drives like such a he drives the way his car looks that's all i'm saying his tires are like (laughs) bigger than my home it's fucking weird yeah he's got like huge like it's like a lifted truck like it makes no your truck is already big sir like he needs a ladder to get your wiener however no i'm kidding yeah I mean, you're not probably wrong. So, <laughs> Carl gets so mad whenever we see like an obnoxious Carl or Carl, an obnoxious, an obnoxious, Carl. <laughs> an obnoxious car or something. I'll be like, wow, his dick must be so big. Uh, He's like, why do we say that? Why, why do you think guys need to like prove? I'm like, because they do. Because that's what just they do. <laughs> this is, you get a big truck, it means something apparently. Um, also, at this point, I do it just because it bothers him. Yeah, <laughs> we're here to annoy Carl, and that's it. We were put on this earth to annoy him. Um, so this ghost truck is reported like by a lot of people. Um, it's a bit of a stretch for me because I just, I don't picture a ghost truck ever existing, (laughs) but like, how does, like, how does a truck have a ghost? I don't know. If a truck doesn't have a soul. Yeah. Unless it's like, um, what's his face's car where it's possessed or whatever. Oh my God. James Um, Dean. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It could be, it could be that. Um, but there's like a lot of videos out there that are like clickbait 
on YouTube, so don't watch them because you're just gonna waste your fucking time. But oh, yeah, I was gonna watch them. Yeah, don't. It's just the guys driving down the street and they're like little fast Honda Civics. And you're like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. You know, I bet they all have real big dicks. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's gonna yell at us for this, and I don't care. Oh, uh, you guys know I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, so the next part of this road that we're going to talk about is called Cross Castle. So there was a castle built near this road in 1905 by Richard J. Cross. Um, it's currently in ruins and it's just like a stonewall foundation. That's like all that's really left because in 1919 it burnt down. So it wasn't like built for very long. Um, Mm -hmm. now this ruins site brings in a lot of unwanted guests. Some of these guests are satanic worshipers and it even extends to the KKK, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah. So some extremely vile people have said to loathe around this place and they've been known to chase you away if you get spotted or try to attack you. So if you go to Cross Castle, like this is an actual thing and there's reports on it. Be very fucking careful because these people are still there and they're very vile and vicious and evil and throw rocks at them and then run if you're there. <laughs> so... You're so funny. I I would. I'd fucking beat them all up. (laughs) Um, So now rituals have been said to be performed here, and that includes sacrifices. Um, All these rituals would also bring in this negative energy. And with that negative energy, that comes negative entities. So um, around this castle. Oh, I love that. That should go on a shirt. What? Uh, What did you uh, Around negative energies. Yeah. Oh, comes negative entities. Yeah. Negative energy brings in negative entities. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Um, So people who have visited Cross Castle, which is just off the path of um, Clinton Road. So it's still on this this part. And like Clinton Road is like your forest road. Like it has a bunch of windy turns and everything like that. Um, And it's very long. It's 10 miles long. So there's a lot of stuff and there's not a lot of houses. Like at the beginning, there's a couple houses and then it gets like really sparse and like more just foresty area. Um, So people who have visited Cross Castle have reported feeling extremely uneasy and they've also come across weird rock formations. um, And also people have stumbled upon that, like a recent sacrifice that went on. Um, Mm. No, human sacrifices that we know of um and there is like writing on one of the walls it's on like a plank and it's from lex satanicus which is the lavian church of satan's code of conduct so apparently it's like a verbiage from that code of conduct i don't know what it says but i feel like that would bring in a lot of negative energy absolutely yeah But people have reported seeing, like, mist there. You get weird orbs. It's very uneasy. But if you go there at night, be very careful. So just a heads up on that one. Um, Now we have Dead Man's Corner. So near the end of Clinton Road, there's a spot called Dead Man's Corner. It's apparently, like, a very sharp, vicious corner that you can take on your car. Um, Oh, my God. Fucking harmony. Yeah, literally. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly it. Um, So apparently people have seen ghost apparitions here and like your orbs. Um, But the weirdest one is that uh, people have seen dead animals laying in the middle of the road. It's said that if you drive along this part and see a dead animal laying in the middle of the road, do not stop your vehicle at all. Do not get out of your car. A lot of people report seeing like a cow in the middle of the road, but people have seen other animals as well. Yeah, so it's not I like... I was thinking like a squirrel. I was like, why is that dangerous? No. But that's, that's, that's weird. Yeah. Um, the whole ass cow is weird. Yeah. And like, how are you going to get around a cow? So, <laughs> like, I would get out of my car too and cry. Um, <laughs> so, I'll be one of those that die. Um, so, a lot of people, again, seen the animal. Um, so, they say not to get out of your car because this is actually bait. Um, there is said to be a creature that lives in this part of the woods. Some say it's a hellhound. But it's said it puts this dead animal in the middle of the road as bait to trap and kill you. Um, people have reported, like, driving through this little corner part and seeing red glowing eyes in the forest and weird noises. They hear howls and it just sounds like, it's not like a wolf howl or anything like that. It just is very vicious and not like, of this world. Yeah, exactly. And people have, like, driven down the street. But, like, also you get the pranksters that obviously do it too. Oh, for but- sure. That's apparently a dead man's corner. So everyone watch out, especially you guys in your Honda Civics. You won't go over a fucking cow. <laughs> Drive a little low to the ground for a cow. Yeah. Um, so them and their big ducks. Yeah. No I'm kidding. 
You guys just need a fucking green ass truck. That's all you need. You can get over the fucking cow then. <laughs> he would for sure make it yeah. over a cow. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. Okay. Guys, we're stone cold sober right we now. Are. Too. This is just it's been a week. It's been a week. <laughs> um so the next and last little paranormal thing we have on this road i mean this road has some obviously very terrifying things but is it really complete without some ufos it's not absolutely not so people have reported seeing weird lights hovering above the road in the sky these lights or like bulbs of light have been said to follow your car and they chase you down the street um people have also reported seeing very like a large ufo hovering just over the forest like above your car above the trees um but also by a nearby lake and they see these orbs and lights come out of this lake so there's also ufos there so now clinton road was actually made into a movie it looks absolutely fucking ridiculous but it has iced tea in it so stop i'm sold it does i'm sold it does it came out in like 2019 in the summer it had like a two million budget and it only made fifty thousand dollars so oh that's brutal i'm totally gonna watch it i love those types of movies (laughs) you're yeah i mean you like sharknado it's like your favorite i do i love sharknado any sort of like three-headed shark uh shark to puss any of that so into it (laughs) that's so funny i don't watch good movies ever but these shitty ones absolutely here for it (laughs) always here for it but yeah so those are the three haunted roads i thought i'd talk about today that was fun yeah you got absolutely everything and just i also love the whole like haunted road thing like that whole i don't know why it's just like the perfect little spooky story do you remember like that youtube video be like look out look for this part and then that girl would like it's a car driving on the road the, the, like woman jumps out yes. at you oh my god i watched it like a year ago and i still got fucking terrified even though i knew what was happening that <laughs> you like get all like up close and like squint and everything yeah. and then and then it jumps out and you're just like fuck god damn still hard every time yeah. but uh, if you guys yeah. want to um come get mad at holly for the story she told today <laughs> or just because of who i am as a person yeah <laughs> And or you can just come rage with us because we both are raging right now. Um, you can find <laughs> us on Instagram at a spooky hour podcast. You can find us on Twitter at spooky hour. Um, and then we have an email. It's the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com. You can me- email in your spooky tales because we will have another one coming out. We don't know, we don't when, know yet, when though. Yeah, but we did get a follow up. We did. get. Oh, a I follow-up. saw that, but I forgot to read it. Thank you for reminding me. You're welcome. I did read it because it's actually it's crazy and i want to be save her friend. it should we save it yeah or we say okay we'll save it yeah um we'll save but it yeah we, we will drop it whenever the hell we feel like it so get yeah. your stories in <laughs> <laughs> there's literally no schedule here we're just like hey you want to do spooky tales done <laughs> yeah we're there's no rules in 2020 you guys absolutely none F- absolutely not fuck no. it <laughs> uh and with that we hope you have a wonderful week yeah uh, we, we we hope this election is fucking over by now <laughs> we hope biden's president Yes, we do. We do hope that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with that, I guess just stay spooky. Bye. Bye.